We know of new methods of attack. The Trojan Horse. Greetings and welcome back to another exciting installment of the fifth column podcast. This is your this is your weekly rhetorical assault on the news cycle, people that make it, and occasionally ourselves. I mean, we're doing it pretty consistently. We're doing I mean, it. You're I'm, just not I always have here. a lot of things going on at the moment. Just right now, I'm in production and stuff, and I am Camille Foster. Are you I'm with, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Look, sometimes you drink a lot the night yeah. before. You just can't yeah, really yeah. get up I'm, the next I'm, day. I try to get up and you I'm little in production. time off. You're in traction. <laughs> and Michael Moynihan, Matt Welch. Uh, we are delighted to be here today. Um, it is. Uh, Hell of a week. Hell of a week. There's a writer's strike. We, we're just coming off of the White House Correspondence Dinner. Tucker How Carlson. Gonna, is, this, this is the is second week funny. of Tuckergate yeah. episode because we yeah. don't have our writers. We don't have our writers here. No. No. So what we, will we, we have do? all WGA. Yes. Uh, WG, what is it? G, yeah, yeah. Writers Guild of America? Yeah, Wags. So. Wags. Wags. <laughs> we, yes. <laughs> It'd be better if they so were. You notice that you notice the collapse in quality already. <laughs> well, this even. is it. We actually are only doing the show to let you know that we will be going dark. Mm-hmm. And I mean really dark. Yeah. yeah. Um yeah. so no, we're we're still here. No, we're because are you we're, kidding? We're replacing Matt with somebody from Botswana. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Just a random guy. And uh, I mean, there's plenty of for us to talk about. There's banking collapses. Apparently, a, a, a mentally ill, deranged person can't just ride a subway in New York and harass and maybe hump the riders anymore without running the risk of being murdered. We by victim shaming already. That's like, a big deal. It <laughs> didn't take long. I, wait, what did I yeah. say? I don't even know. What did yeah. I say? I, it's the subconscious is a weird device. <laughs> you know, it just makes you weird. say things. Yeah, especially when you don't it, have writers. This is the problem. Yeah, we don't have writers. We don't know what we're doing right now. I'll <laughs> just is, say this, and I and if I had a writer, I'd probably say this in a more eloquent way. So I don't know if it's going to come out right. Yeah, well, I'm on the subway a lot. I never get choked out. Don't know what happens. <laughs> no. Don't know what happens. Oh, I'm just sitting there reading God. my newspaper. Nobody chokes me out. Dear never happens. Well, no. Well, this is well. Maybe we should just start here, yeah. Um, yeah that's because and 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 it seems as though the the latest developments with this story are well. And I I can't presume that all of you know exactly what's going on. Yeah, tell us what happened. So in in recent <laughs> in recent it's days, gonna be the most biased. <laughs> no, no, I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try to be be nuanced and yes. objective here, perfectly objective, the way I always am. Um, apparently, there was an incident on a New York City subway. Um, which is not so unusual. Uh, there was a man who purportedly was harassing um, and behaving in a somewhat violent manner, perhaps threatening other riders on the subway. Uh, some passengers intervened. One passenger put the gentleman in a headlock, and other passengers helped restrain him. Um, the gentleman who was being restrained and choked uh, eventually defecated on himself and was unconscious. Uh, medical ex- um, respond- first responders arrived on the scene. They tried their best to revive him, but he apparently succumbed uh, to his injuries or just died. Uh, and there's been a medical examination, and it seems as though he did die uh, because he was asphyxiated. And... Um, there are many people in New York City who are up in arms. They are outraged. Uh, there's a racial dimension to this uh, death. Uh, the man who um, had him in the headlock is described as a white man. Uh, the man who died uh, is described as a black man who was apparently mentally ill. Um, and 
Yeah, it is a, a dicey situation. And it, 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 I think there are a lot of complicated issues that are baked into this. We are all people who frequent the New York City subway, although in recent months, um, we've talked about this in a couple of recent episodes, actually. I have done my very best to avoid riding the train when I'm in New York uh, because it has become both gross post-COVID and even more um, kind of unruly and weird uh, and a little bit more wild west uh, in recent in recent years and months. Um, it is not at all unusual to have to change cars on the subway because there is someone who is either pissing or shitting on themselves or harassing passengers. Um, you've probably seen these videos on Twitter um, or Instagram of random passengers being assailed by people on the trains. Um, and there is frequently not a hell of a lot of intervention um, in those videos. Um, so mm-hmm. this is an unusual situation in that regard. Um, there had been calls for more law enforcement on the trains, um, but those calls had been preceded by calls to abolish the police. And <laughs> perhaps this is what happens uh, when you make such calls, make such demands, um, and there's a weird uh, kind of schism and a lot of uncertainty about what kind of policing approach to take to these situations um, and complicated situation. I wonder what you gentlemen make of it. Guy's been charged with uh, homicide, I believe, um, as of a couple of hours ago. So now oh. that the- What type though? Uh, I, d- I didn't see, but uh, I I, uh, I think I texted it over to you. Uh, it was described as a reporter by, yeah. uh, as, uh, as homicide. Um, of I mean, homicide is that he died at the hands of somebody else. It matters if it's justified or not, right? Yeah. Because if he, that's how they, I mean, if they charge as, you know, um, negligent homicide or, you know, I mean, it's basically, it looks, I mean, it, it clearly looks accidental. It doesn't look like he was going out to trying to murder somebody. At all. Didn't wake up in the morning going to murder somebody, but also he had him reportedly, and I haven't watched the video because I'd never watch uh, these videos. Um, uh, he had the guy in a headlock for 15 minutes. Um, uh, which seems to my, uh, like not being there, uh, mind of uh, maybe a few minutes too long. Um, I should point out that this is happening. This happened on Monday at two o'clock at the Broadway Lafayette stop on the F train. Mm-hmm. I was Monday at five o'clock at the Broadway Lafayette stop on the F train. Um, it's a very, uh, you, you know, uh, highly trafficked things. And as, uh, Camille is pointing out, um, it's, it's v- almost rare at this point to take any subway ride of length um uh and you if you w- without uh having some kind of of witnessing of someone uh kind of aggressing or or you know aggressing in their own pants um uh but uh as often as not actually behaving in a really erratic and rattling type of way um is just a different thing and and i think all of us we've probably said it explicitly previously in the podcast like it's just a a vigilante creating zone the cops were abs- absent from the subways for a while or it felt like they were during the pandemic um and uh and then so were the writers for a long uh, period of that time they're back mm. you see them all over the place now not necessarily in cars but in stations uh, at least everywhere that i've gone there's been a very conscious effort as a way to lure people back in um but there uh, the the frequency of seeing situations that are kind of nails on chalkboard oh how's this going to go um uh in you know my unscientific brain um it's like it's up 
200, 300%, 400%. It's like it, it is just a part of New York life right now. And what makes the, this whole thing pretty interesting, it's horrifying. A guy choked another guy out. It's just a horrifying thing that this is going to happen, um, in a place that you go to and see, um, is the immediate polarized reaction. It's immediately a race thing. Um, it's, I saw someone just before we started saying, criticizing Eric Adams because Eric Adams used it as an opportunity to revive or try to revive his notion of uh, we're going to try to intervene when we see someone who's obviously crazy on the subway, uh, which uh, mm-hmm. got a lot of pushback against it. But um, people are are outraged that anyone is emphasizing that this person was homeless and had a criminal track record. And there's like 40 arrests in that criminal track record, including felonious assault. Um, he apparently had said that I want to die. Um, uh, recently, there was uh, in, in both Reddit that Michael was pointing out and in other places, people were uh, Twitter were saying, oh, yeah, that guy, um, um, you know, he did this to me last week. So um, to to say it as a, a, a cut and dry, this awful ex-Marine or current Marine, I don't know what he is, um, is uh is a murderer and this we should all uh share in the same outrage without any context of it seems to me a a wrong um way of looking at it and it's and it i don't think that i think it has a potential of being a very polarizing in new york incident to say the least yeah i mean it's obviously the race angle uh, and there is no race angle, but the race angle that has been created <laughs> is the reason that there were protests at the Broadway Lafayette stomp. Um, I saw a picture that somebody had spray painted, um, this guy's name, I can't Jordan something or yeah. other, um, uh, followed by was murdered. They have done an investigation, apparently these, um, local activists <laughs> and spray painted that on the ground. And yeah, <laughs> I mean, do you know how many assaults, murders, people choked out? This guy who who died, by the way, his mother was murdered. She was strangled by her boyfriend, Mm. who was sentenced to 30 years in prison. So maybe it has something to do with his family background. Um, Father hadn't seen him in a number of years. But um, Mm. very common. I don't think that when his mother was choked out and killed by her boyfriend, anyone showed up to protest. I suspect they didn't. I mean, I looked back and I can't find even any reference to it. The guy was sentenced... um, to 30 years in prison, as I think I just said. But this is kind of crazy. The whole situation is kind of crazy in the sense that I don't know if this guy is from New York. I said to a friend of mine today who we were texting about it. Um, which which guy? The guy who... The Jordan guy Neely who choked... The, yeah, the guy, the guy oh. who was choked out was from New York. Okay. But the guy who did it, um, was he from New York? Was he visiting New York? I don't know. Mm-hmm. The reason I think that is actually um, material, a bit of information, is that the things that we have normalized aren't normal to normal people. So to mm-hmm. us, mm-hmm. it's like, I'm so used to this, get yep. off the train, go to a different car. Somebody else who's not from the city is like, whoa, we have a crisis going on here. Something, this guy's going to be restrained. This guy's going to be taken down. Um, and, and, you know, all the, the comments that we hear, we, we've seen the video, which is a short video. I watched it. Um, I, I, if it's 15 minutes, I don't know who's saying that um, and if that is confirmed by anybody. But it's the video that I saw, there were three people trying to restrain him. Mm-hmm. And it didn't appear that those three people knew each other. They were all trying to get this guy. No one was saying, whoa, whoa, whoa watch out, watch out. You're, you know, you're, it's like Eric Garner's situation. They were trying to get this guy um, down and like pinned mm-hmm. down mm-hmm. so the police could come. The train was not moving. So obviously someone, you know, 
told the conductor, shut it down, we got a problem here. And he'd said, and according to one witness, he had got, he was on the train, threw his jacket down on the ground, said he was going to die, today was, it was the day he was going to die or something like that. Something of the worst of those effects. And he didn't give a fuck anymore. That is the beginning of a suicide bombing. You know, that's mm-hmm. like, fuck, get that dude. I mean, I understand that entirely. Uh-huh. Um, the guy won't give up and you're going to wrestle him to the ground until, until someone can come and help. Um, I don't know what happened beyond that, right? That is all seems to be information that's out there and seems to be corroborated by people. But there is this attempt to make this guy into Bernie Getz and like the modern Bernie Getz. We can't take it anymore. We're going to take our, uh, you know, Bernie Getz bought a gun and was in the subway like basically waiting for the same thing to happen to him that had happened to him before. Mm-hmm. And he was angry. So much so that when he shot the last kid, who was the one who was paralyzed, he said, how about another? Mm. As he stood over him, the guy had been shot. He stood over him with a gun and put another bullet into him, knew he'd done something wrong, and took off and was, was arrested in New Hampshire. So it's not a situation like that, despite the fact that people are trying to kind of spin it as if it's this kind of Bernie gets vigilante. Now, one more thing. There's a video that was going around, and I saw a lot of insane reaction to this, too, of a guy at a store at JCPenney. Um, and they made it into a race thing, too. The guy was white. There were two people that were stealing um, armloads of clothes and walking out uh, who were black, quote-unquote, um, two females. Um, he grabbed one of them, fucking pummeled her, got her on the ground, like fucking, I mean, she was fighting and punching him. And the guy was just like, no, you're not going to do this on my watch. I get that instinct. And, um, I, I commend the person, but on, on the internet, it's a very different world that we live in now. People being like, look at this guy, get an, an opportunity to beat up a black girl. There's literally multiple tweets like that. It's like not like anyone like good. You finally someone stopping it because of the people who actually are paid by J.C. Penney or in you know Walgreens or CVS are taught and told not to engage, and the average citizen might have had too much and said, "I'm going to engage," because there is this thing that happens. We don't want the police. Matt said, "You know, there was there were no police police failure. There were no police there. The people who are protesting don't want the police there. They don't want more police to be on the subway for situations like that." They want a mental health professional that will sit down and sort of reason with them, I mm-hmm. guess. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's no solution to this from the perspective of those who believe this to be um, some, and you know, this is according to a friend, I didn't see this, that said um, that he was seeing people on on Twitter talking about this as lynching. Which is um, crazy. Which is crazy, crazy. But this is, a, this is a woman, it sounds like a woman, I don't know what made me think of was a woman uh, who who um, posted this on the New York City um, Reddit, and for a number of reasons, I think this is probably true. This man jumped on me, grabbed my shoulders, and pushed me towards the tracks Sunday night at this very station. I was able to run away, but he got physical and chased other people standing on the platform before getting an, uh, on an uptown train. This whole thing is so sad. And then in response to somebody else, I was on the phone with my poor mom when it happened. I had to say, hey, I just got jumped. Can I call you back? She was terrified, but I'm still sad this man was failed by the system and people around him. No one deserves to be, uh, be in any part of this situation. This doesn't sound like somebody who's making this up. And mm-hmm. um, there's been other people who have said uh, similar things, that this kind of thing I- is happening. Um, yeah, I mean, maybe it's a, you know, you can say the mental health, mental health kind of thing. I, you know, New York won. 
one more thing about this New York one, uh, which all of the people in New York know. New York one is a local news uh, cable network, and they have a website where they have a lot of good, you know, local stories. Uh, the NYPD said Neely, the man who was choked out, was known to them as a man with more than forty arrests. Uh, though officials did not did not say for what. To those who came to a vigil at the Broadway Lafayette station Wednesday, he was a man who delighted subway riders busking as a Michael Jackson impersonator. That's incredible. Um, <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my he God. De- he delighted them. He, that man's wow. a delight. Wow. He's a delight. Multiple people say he's, I, I'm going to die today. I mean, I, d- delight? I can, I can I appreciate that can the happen. urge. I can appreciate but is the it urge. relevant? Well, this is, is it, well, is it I mean, less relevant or more relevant than his race? I think, <laughs> no, it, it's, I mean, it's relevant in that you're just, you're, yeah. you're talking about what you know about someone who died and you're, and you're giving voice to the individuality of the person. I get that. I think that's great. Um, to the extent that they actually knew yeah. him and, and, and interacted with him. Um, and also he's been a crazy person on the subway for, uh, it seems like kind of a, a long time and wanted to die and was aggressing and threatening people from what we understand um, uh, preliminarily on this. And that's also part of his. I think he had a warrant out for his arrest, by the way, for attacking a woman in the, and the Lower East Side. Yeah. Well, it seemed uh, like that, that was also a thing that I saw today in in the daily news. And and importantly, a lot of the facts will, will change um, and presumptions about the facts are, are perhaps a bit, bit, early. So we don't want to do too much of that. Obviously, we're trying our best to sort of fill in um, the blanks and and to operate on the basis of the best available information. But I, if we were to pivot for a moment to just talk about these situations in general, I suspect, Moynihan, that among mm-hmm. the three of us, we've probably all witnessed a circumstance on perhaps more than one occasion, very much like this. Yes. And we've seen how other resp- riders respond. And I, and when I say very much like in my own case, uh, multiple occasions, I have been on a train where someone is on there making violent threats, saying aloud, like a motherfucker is going to die today, something like yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, yeah, I've seen yeah. it multiple times. And what yeah. riders do is one of two down. things. Yeah. They leave or they try to keep their child quiet and yep. like cover their ears and just yeah. look away, look yeah. away. And what I find so astonishing about the protests, about the scenes of protests that I've, I've, I've seen in the, the little clips that are in the, um, on the news or on Twitter, um, are people who are screaming about how this is an injustice and how there's something depraved um, about a society where we like aren't giving help to people who are mentally ill, but we're you know we're murdering them in the train. And you, dear writer, are almost certainly among the people who didn't immediately jump to your feet and try to get help for this man, but either walked away and went into another train car or put your head down. Um, as I, as I have done, well, not put my head down more. So get out of the train and walk away for whatever reason. I have like a magnet and people who are doing this shit always come messing with me. So I try to move away as quickly as possible. whatever reason. I don't know why. (laughs) I don't know why. Maybe it's white supremacy. Um, but this is, a. this is the actual dysfunction that's taking place. Like a great deal of it has something to do with the criminal justice system. It has something to do with policing. It certainly has a great deal to do with mental illness. But when the Washington Post puts up their tweet describing the situation, a 30-year-old capital B black man was killed on the New York subway this week after a fellow writer who is capital W white confronted the man when he was screaming and placed him in a chokehold for several minutes, according to witnesses 
um, account and video of the encounter. I mean, this is just screaming. That's unbelievable. Unbelievable. An unbelievable description of what's taking place here. This is not journalism. It is an abomination. A guy from the South Bronx was choked out by a guy from, you know, Gravesend. Would you put that in the headline? Probably more relevant. I mean, at least it speaks to class in some ways. And perhaps to, you know, wealth or something like that. The... You know, I think I said this a long time ago on the show. It's a joke, like a, a joke that, you know, you can't get, white people and black people can't get in altercations anymore. Like just normal altercations. It's like that's the equality of uh, the universe in which we all kind of treat each other with the same, not respect, but the same contempt in the same disdain. And, you know, somebody cuts you off in the parking lot I don't want to temper my response because of the race of the individual, nor do I believe that that man who was a Marine, who I know nothing about, or a former Marine, would have done the same thing if it was a white person um, screaming about how they're going to attack everybody in the subway or something like that. I do think it is disgusting that they would put the race of the people, because they're trying to make this into a racial moment, and they're succeeding Because people then go out in protest, right? They go out for that reason. When there's a young black man or a young white man and whatever place in the city gets shot in the face in some kind of stick up or some beef that somebody had, those motherfuckers are nowhere to be seen. They're nowhere. Why is this one more important? Why is this thing where a guy who you're calling a murderer was actually intervening to prevent violence, to prevent a bad situation, he was not the one that gets on the subway, as you've seen all, you've all seen this a million times, to create a bad situation. You've all had the experience when it's a packed subway and you brush against someone's foot mm-hmm. and you're like, what the fuck is your problem? Like, it's like, whoa, 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 you're looking for something. It's a tight subway. Someone's going to step on your foot. It's like, yeah, yeah, no, I'm just aggro and I'm trying to create a situation. This guy appears to be do- have been doing the opposite trying to defuse and prevent a situation. The guy fought him, is what it seems, because there's multiple people trying to pin him down. Not just him, multiple people. And I don't know what happened in that subway, but it doesn't look like if multiple people are intervening, the guys who don't even know each other are going to say, hey, I just saw that twinkle in your eye. You want to murder this guy? Let's do it. He's black. You're white. I'm white too. Let's fucking do a racial murder on the train right now. We just yeah. made eye contact with each other. It's, absolute, it's absolutely sickening the way these stories unfold in the media. And now I know, I mean, I, do, I know how, why people hate the media and hate those people like us that are in it. Because you have a choice to make when you write that headline. Mm -hmm. You have a choice in Washington to cover that murder in New York when there were probably 10 this week. Yeah. Why that one? Yeah. Oh, we can can stoke anger. You think fucking Tucker Carlson's the only one bad one that's trying to stoke people's anger? No, no, you do it too. You do it too. You're a bad guy too. I think it's gross that people do shit like this. Peter Moscow's had the point, um, uh, and it's the correct point in these situations, I think, which is like, um, I don't want that person to have done the thing that caused the guy to die. Uh, it's a bad thing yeah. that, that someone choked someone basically to death. I, I want to avoid that situation. Now, um, crazy guy, death wish, history of violence, um, had said that he wanted to die that day and was aggressing and freaking, freaking out people. What is your solution to that problem? Yeah. 
especially if you don't want to have police and you want to de-emphasize policing and stuff, who does, who does something in that moment? And if, yeah. and if there isn't a good answer to the who does something, and I'm not saying that there is an easy answer to all of these, obviously there isn't. The most things that have not been solved are unsolved for a reason because life is hard and policy is hard and big cities are hard. A lot of stuff is hard. Um, but if you're not interested in that, in like getting to the answer, um, my my interest in your analysis of that event is going to get a lot lower, a lot faster, because that is a real thing that people live with here in, in, in New York. And I guarantee you that anywhere that you go where there are comments about this, not that you should believe comments, but they are a reflection of something, whether it's Reddit, whether it's Twitter that I've seen anywhere. If you go to the New York Times comments, I guarantee you, you will see a lot of people um expressing sympathy for the idea that you're going to see vigilantism on the subway because as a reaction to how things have gotten over the last three years. You just start. So what is, what is vigilantism in this, in this case? Because, you know, I read one of these accounts of it and they seem to be kind of hazy at this point. Let's pretend this is true because it seems as if a multiple, multiple accounts said this was true, mm-hmm. that the guy was screaming, threatening, saying he was didn't want to live, and Jesus Christ, that's a scary thing to be when somebody says it on the subway. Mm-hmm. And then it's not just saying it, starts throwing stuff and gets in a confrontation with this guy. That's what we know, right? A confrontation with this guy is a fight, right? He's getting, getting a fight with it, and he picked the wrong guy to fight, and he paid the price for it. But you know what? You don't, you don't pick fights with people, you don't end up choked up. Just... This is what happened, right? So he picks a fight with this guy. The guy fights him and is winning the fight by getting him in a chokehold. He doesn't want to lose, right? He doesn't want to lose a fight with a crazy person on a subway. Might have a knife on him, might have, who knows what he has. And at what point, when you have him down, you see that in in, in that video, and your back is on the ground, he's on top of you, his back upon your chest, and you are choking him, and he is fighting so hard that other people are trying to to um, take his arms and, you know, get them secure to, to, to calm this guy down. At what point do you let him go? You know? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. What, I, don't I, know. I don't know. I don't know the answer to this question. I'm not saying what he did was right. I'm saying I don't believe in any way, and there's no indication that it's racial. Mm-hmm. So let's just take that off the table entirely. That's the thing that pisses me off. <clears throat> but how, like, what, what point do you say, like, okay, I'm going to let him go. And then the guy gets up and starts pounding on you because your back is on the ground. You're lying on the ground. Look at the video on the subway. You let him go. He's going to get up and just start eating your face, right? He's going to start pounding on you and you back in the same fight. Stop fucking struggling. Stop, tap yourself out, say, oh, all right, let's go, let's go, let's calm down, let's go, let's, let's, let's call a truce here. That's maybe where you do it. Okay, the guy's a mental health issue and he's not going to do that. Um, so what do you do? You have to evaluate as a civilian his mental health while he's trying to fight you? Get the mm. fuck out of here. These people that sit back and say this shit, that are like looking at numbers on Twitter and like, well, you know, we need more. It's like the people responding to this on the New York City um, Reddit, the subreddit, are all different kinds of views on this. Everybody's all over the map, but they all understand the situation because they all ride the subway. You know, you understand this when you ride the subway. You know the situation, and half the time you think, "Man, I wish I had the balls to fucking get up and say something to this person and tell him to stop harassing everybody and making everybody's life miserable." That's what you want to do, but you can't because it's a risky thing. But this guy was a, was a former marine. 
and know how to, knew how to take care of himself. So he said, all of you guys, you can step off the train. I'll take care of this. If Alvin Bragg- and now he's going to be charged with murder. If Alvin Bragg charges him with, um, with like uh, aggressive homicide charges at the end, and again, I don't know exactly what they are right now, um, and it's tried in Manhattan, that's going to be an interesting jury situation. That's, that's I, I how i mean, it'd be amazing. Yeah, well, he should fucking start um, prosecuting real criminals and not waiting around to cross- prosecute people like- you know, fucking Donald Trump for the, for the, for the, um, you know, so we can get on the cover of the newspaper and people can shower praise on him and MSNBC and this, because he's responding to a mob justice does not respond to mobs. Justice should not respond to protests, period. End of story. This is not complicated. And it's amazing that Alvin Bragg will get out there and he'll make comment. It's like, no, I don't comment on something and call a press conference just because people decided to show up and protest it because someone created a racial narrative in a newspaper. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. He should stay in his fucking office. And I really hope he doesn't, look, I'm criticizing for something he didn't do. I'd be fair to him. But if he comes out and makes this into some sort of thing where he has to give, you know, uh, multiple statements and talk, no, no. Do that for everyone then. Do it for every murder. See if anyone shows up for your fucking press conferences. Well, we did, did, we did promise this wouldn't be a funny episode. So there you are. <laughs> no, our comedy writers because, are on strike. Because because the writers writers are on strike. Right. Yeah, yeah. So it's just very, it's very yeah. dark, very sad. We promised to be dark. We promised. Our hate writers funny. are still here. On we strike. are. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they never take a break. We don't never hate never a moment's let rest. Yeah, yeah. Um, Does that mean, by the way, that Gutfeld oh? is just going to? get more viewers every night than all of late night uh combined um, forever it was already pretty close to that wasn't it was it? getting close to yeah. it but, but he's the only one who has writers now or like you know himself or cat or whatever whoever's writing for yeah. them um but like every late night show is very ostensibly you know um showing their labor bona fides out there and uh he's not going to be doing that and he gets all the audience well, we we should probably set this up a little bit, Moynihan. I know you've been following this, um, and yeah, I, a little bit. I started paying some attention today. What is what is it the writers are actually looking for in this? Not quite unprecedented, but it's certainly been a while. Yeah. Since you've seen one of these um, I think fifteen writers years or something. Right? Yeah, yeah. They just want better contracts, more money. I mean, I have I have seen multiple accounts of this from people I trust and people I think are reasonable people saying they actually have a case. And on a case-by-case basis, I haven't gotten that deep into it. I've just been more looking at the kind of, mm-hmm. you know, how television is responding to it rather than yeah. the actual labor. Although I did have a conversation um, last week with a very famous actress, um, just who I just happened to run into. Yeah, you um, did. This is actually true. Who was, um, <laughs> who was involved in the strike. And she was explaining it um, to me while also saying that the union is like, um, and her and 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 SAG after her union is like just very problematic. That they're that it's unfortunate that these are the people that have to be who you're running it through because mm-hmm. they have their own issues and own problems. But um, the specifics of the writers' strike, I don't know too much about. I mean, I know a bit that I don't want to kind of repeat it here because I'll probably make, make a hash of it. Mm-hmm. But it's pretty interesting to watch um, these people all say, you know, you need us so badly. Because remember in the past when these writer strikes, there was no streaming um, or it was in its infancy. And I guess in the last one, but you know, everyone, there's no YouTube. I'm, I mean, the writer strikes in the past when I was growing up was like, you're watching reruns. Um, yeah. mm-hmm. You're not watching anything new and it's fucking annoying. And you're like, Hey, get back at it. 
I wonder what will happen here in the sense that, you know, you say, get back at it and, you know, no one cares. I mean, there's enough, there's enough stuff out there to, to, to watch and perceive. That's, that's, uh, you, that would seem to be true. But then also think about how much cupboard emptying happened during the pandemic. Right. Like, like, all right, what do you got out there? What's the weird little thing over there in the corner? So I don't know if they have a whole bunch of of uh, material left over after all of that. There's also an AI component, right? Like they're uh, they're upset about like what the the conditions are going to be, which none of which obviously makes any physical sense to me but i'm sure it's important <laughs> well it's probably because they know that like it, it it takes about a half a row it takes a huge supercomputer to beat gary kasparov at chance it takes like a fucking amiga to write a script like the shit that they write is like yeah i don't think half the garbage out there yes it could be replaced by by a half a robot and you'd be out of a job i do want to yeah, shout I, out I had, sorry go ahead. oh god no, go for it. Just that uh, I've always appreciated, and I lived in Hollywood or East Hollywood for 10 years. Um, I always appreciate those unions so much more than any public sector union, uh, definitionally, and similar to like the, you know, uh, professional sports uh, unions, uh, but, uh, but Hollywood even more because those unions, like their union shops and non-union shops find a way to coexist. Like it's a, it's, it's an ecosystem that kind of works. It allows you to be a working scab and you don't really have to pay too much like career suicide for it. And they're, they coalesce around single issues. They find ways to get healthcare for their members. Um, and they're not working for the public for crying out loud. Mm-hmm. There's just a whole lot less irritating. Like the, if, if union, if the labor movement was more like Hollywood unions, I would be generally a lot more interested in the labor union than watching like some, I want to unionize Amazon toady going to, you know, Cuba to do uh, fist bumps with the uh, Cuban presidential leadership, which also happened over the last couple of days. Uh, those yeah. those people are uh, are boring to me. So generally- Who like, was that, by the way? I saw you sent that- uh, It's a uh, head uh, of like the New York, I think, uh, uh, Amazon, uh, like unionization effort people. Um, I, oh, that's that guy. Yeah. Oh, is yeah. that who that yeah, was? That's him. Okay. Oh, yeah, the meeting. one that it was uh, that the one that everyone was praising and like you know he he had a bunch of uh, TV moments. Yeah, um, sure, uh, great. He was like he was like meeting with famous people. Yeah, today today I had the honor of meeting the Cuban president Miguel Diaz. What is it, Canal? Yeah, Canal. Yeah. Um, we embraced and told each other we will fight together in solidarity to end the inhumane sanctions against Cuba. Which I mean, Matt they hate sanctions. Yeah, um, the Cuban. I don't like have a great either, but... president. Oh what, yeah. Uh, sorry, so slow down with that great president again. What was that and part? The Cuban people have a great president. No, they don't. Oh, no. Oh no. yeah. I also handed him an ALU shirt along with. Uh, I'd have to go to the longer version of this tweet in order to see the rest. Oh damn it! The Cuban people um, do not have. That's the Amazon labor union. A right? great ALU. president. Yeah. They don't have a president. Yeah. Presidents are elected. They have a dictator. They have a leader. Elections, elections are overrated. Okay, they yeah. have 100 percent literacy rate and free health care. Okay, yes. everything yeah. else is uh, uh, doesn't matter. Yeah, and they and I'm sure he likes it that they don't have Amazon either. <laughs> yes, that's exactly right. <laughs> but more, if they had Amazon, they don't have internet. But if they had Amazon. Um, they do have internet. You can get them in like public parks on your phone. Pacquiao, man. Uh, controlled. Pacquiao. They have more Airbnb yeah, Pacquiao, than uh, yeah. New York City. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, unbelievable. That is fucking crazy. Like, I want to know who invites them. How, they, how do they get to Cuba? How does that happen? Yeah. Any idea? 
I don't know. That, I mean, I there's a large gaggle of people who are over there. There's been you don't you don't go and meet the president of Cuba b- on your own. That's not something you just go and you know knock on his door and he comes out. They've probably run out of like stupid gullible American leftists. Like at some point, the 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 grannies <laughs> from so? Berkeley start to die off. You know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's hard right. to get yeah. the Rage Against the Machine, the Rock and Roll Hall of Famists. There's only four of them, really. Like it's hard to yeah. get like a, a a large group. So like high five. Yeah. Maybe uh, more members of the uh, New York City Council. Speaking of which, you see that. Uh, um, uh, several members, including my, I think, representative of the New York City uh, 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 Council, super excited yesterday about uh, another one of these Tennessee Three situations. There was a, a public meeting where they talk about uh, the rent hikes or lack thereof, so rent, the Rent Stabilization Board. And they're like, yeah, we got rid of this sham meeting, and we let them know what our people's stories are like. They just jumped on stage, shut everything down, started screaming at bullhorns. Um at a at a meeting and the city council people were just like they joined they were high-fiving how they just stopped the meeting in the middle of everything to shout about how it's just inhumane that we have rent in uh, in the city of new york so enjoy <laughs> enjoy this tactic it's happening in montana right it's happening in a lot of different places of you've lost the argument or you think you're going to lose the argument so you're going to declare that a normal public meeting is bogus, and instead you're going to shut it down and scream um, because that's what democracy looks like, Camille Foster. Uh, you yeah, know, it's uh, funny too. I'm just looking at this guy that 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 you know ended up at um, in Cuba, just happened to end up there, and say, "God, this is all working Christian out pretty Smalls. well." One, what's his name? Christian Smalls. Christian Smalls. Oh yeah, this is his. Yeah, he he has quite a uh, profile picture on, on Twitter. Um, but I don't know if he doesn't look like he knows what he's talking about when you see these all the things that he is tweeting. It. I don't. Oh man, this. Outfit. <laughs> he, he, this is like amazing. I have to send you. Is he wearing picture. the do rag? He literally looks the, like with the reverse bandana n- there, the Tupac bandana. Yeah, it's but it's more like he looks like Africa yeah, Bambata, yeah. like with like everything it's is like ridiculous. Yeah. He and he has a he has a Cuba C <laughs> yes. uh, uh, yeah uh, yeah blockade oh, nail yeah. uh, pin on. I'm yeah, absolutely going to buy that record. Are you fucking kidding? <laughs> yeah, me? He, that's well, that's what he's doing. He's like a, a knockoff uh, Tr- Trinidad James. That's what that is. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I wonder if he knows about the history of Cuban. Um, Are you kidding? Unions. <laughs> yeah. I think so. He looks like a guy. Uh, well, his if you yeah. want to check if you want to check him out, his Twitter handle is at shutdown Amazon. <laughs> Not but he's the president of the labor union there. He works for Amazon, and his Twitter handle is shutdown Amazon. Mm. I think Not I'm pretty sure he unionized got fired. in fair wage. He still works for Amazon. He may lead that movement, but I don't I know would. if he still works there. I think he was fired before this happened, but I have to I have to double check. It's that is, I mean, this is just complete absurdity. I just want whoever but, does the shutdown, yeah, the fired. fifth column, <laughs> to be dressed that awesome. Oh, he was fired? Yeah, he was fired. Oh, yeah. really? Um, well, maybe he can get a job at the Amazon or the, the Cub- Cuban equivalent yeah. of Amazon. Because yeah. that, was, that was part of the um, narrative I know that they had when, one. when they managed to win the vote um, at, that, at that one uh, facility um, that he had that he was no longer employed by Amazon. He had been terminated, but still managed to, to beat yeah. the, uh, the tech juggernaut. I don't know how they continue to yeah. that. I mean, he was such an <laughs> integral part of making sure that my Amazon Prime stuff got here in two days. Um, 
Yeah, I do. I do appreciate the fact that uh, it must be tough when you're when you're running these operations, shut down Amazon, and literally the, the world is like, nah, we're okay. We kind of like Amazon. It's like I he- I heard you out, but yeah. no. <laughs> oh my god! Wait, wait, how anyway. did we get here? I, it's all my fault, <laughs> Camille. You wanted to defend Tucker Carlson's racism. Didn't you? <laughs> Yeah, you did. You did. Yes, I did. Well, I yeah. I certainly want to talk about I certainly want to talk about the the latest in in Tuckergate. And I know you all covered this extensively um last week when the news first broke and Tucker was bounced from his show. Um but just yesterday, um the New York Times actually uh carried a story about Tucker's situation. Um specifically, they were interested in a text message uh that was included in the um in the Dominion lawsuit, uh, but the message itself or bits of it were redacted. Um and the New York Times ran a story um with three bylines. So always that means it's important. Mm-hmm. Um and the headline is Carlson's texts that alarmed Fox leaders. Um it's not it's not how white men fight um is the is the piece uh, the quote from the the text message. Um and the story is that Tucker is uh, exchanging messages with one of his producers and is looking at, and I suppose we should just read this into the record so folks have yeah. have this context. Yeah. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, this is Tucker Carlson. Uh, it's Exhibit 276, and this was a, a tweet he or a message he sent on January 7th, 2021. A couple of weeks ago, I was watching a video of people fighting on the street in Washington. A group of Trump guys surrounded an Antifa kid and started pounding the living shit out of him. It was three against one, at least. Jumping a guy like this, sorry, jumping a guy like that is dishonorable, obviously. It's not how white men fight. Yet, suddenly, I found myself rooting for the mob against this man, hoping they'd hit him harder, kill him. I really wanted them to hurt the kid. I could taste it. Then somewhere deep in my brain, an alarm went off. This isn't good for me. I'm becoming something I don't want to be. The Antifa creep is a human being, much as I despise what he says and does, much as I'm sure I'd hate him personally if I knew him, I shouldn't gloat over his suffering. I should be bothered by it. I should remember that somewhere, somebody probably loves this kid, and would be crushed if he was killed. If I don't care about those things, if I reduced people to their politics, how am I better than he is? This is That's Tucker Carlson's quote. Um, and this... This message um, has been described in a number of publications as a racist message um, in the Times under the, the, the image that they carry right under the headline. It says, for years, Tucker Carlson, this is the, the little description under the caption under the photo. For years, Tucker Carlson espoused views on his show that amplified the ideology of white nationalism. Um, that's just as it's described by the New York Times, which doesn't go on to in this article um, substantiate that assertion does link to another story. Um, it's, it, it, it's, it has the white nationalism thing right after that yeah. quote, right? I, I'm going to make one comment here. Is I don't want to defend this um, and what he said. But I will say this, that is, there's a little bit of inflation here, right? In the sense that, like, let's say he indulged in stereotypes, right? I watch videos online and, you know, 
I see, uh, you know, black kids in a mob and I don't see white kids in a mob. So I'm going to assume that that's what black people do and this is what white people do. It's a stupid thing. It's a stupid thing to say. It's a stupid thing to think. Um, particularly if you're somebody who grew up where I grew up, um, mobs of people fighting are generally white people <laughs> in Boston. That is just the way it goes. It's the mass so hole I don't exception. Even, yeah. So I, when I was, when he said that, I was like, I don't even know what he's talking about, <laughs> but, but you can say something like that and let's just say, oh, that's the fucking shitty thing to say. Um, and you can say it's a racist thing to say. Sure. It doesn't necessarily make you a white nationalist to make a racial kind of a, a, a broader racial stereotype to indulge in that. Um, and then, well, and everyone says, well, you know, the, the joke, which uh, a joke, a comment, which appeared to be Xeroxed and sent to everybody who has a Twitter account, which is the time you realize that Twitter is worthless because <laughs> everyone says the same fucking thing. Everyone said, well, have you watched his show? And I'm like, I, n- not really, but I, did I miss some kind of, I guess he says things that are like a white nationalist. I don't know. I don't know what a white nationalist is. I think of white nationalism as those people in Idaho, um, those, you know, William Pierce types. That's what I think of as white nationalism. But I, the definition of that seems to change quite a bit over the, over the sort of past five, 10 yeah. years. But, you know, I also have this other thing is that, is that I imagine Dave Chappelle saying that, like in a bit. That's not like, how white, that's, that's not how like, white men fight. That's not how white people fight, you know? Uh-huh. That'd be a joke, yeah. right? And people would laugh. Um, and so I guess context is everything. Who says it well, is can, everything. I mean, this, this... I also just don't know how this fucking text is relevant to Dominion well, and why they well, have it's it in not. the first place. And, and it was largely um, uh, redacted from the record. Um, so perhaps there's something else in the same stream that might be ro- more relevant to Dominion. But given the text that we have seen, there's good reason to think that a lot of it isn't exactly um, highly relevant. So there's that concern. But just to, to, to focus on this, this current quote-unquote controversy here, I actually find the whole thing a bit baffling. I mean, obviously, the how white men fight um, comment is weird. Um, but it does seem to me that kind of like a bog standard um, identitarian nonsense. Like the reality is that there are almost certainly quote unquote POCs um, writing in the New York Times today um, and the Washington Post today and the LA Times today using similar sorts of descriptions, like generic descriptions of black people and white people and attributing certain attributes to them. Note, what Tucker may have meant to imply is that white people don't fight this way, other people do. But what he said is this isn't how white people fight. And this sort of weird generalizing about the the innate or inherent presumed goodness of one race and how they operate in some sort of dignified manner and how certain other people aren't being dignified and therefore aren't being a, a good white person or a good black person. Like I encounter this kind of stuff all the time. I can remember Nicole Hannah-Jones explaining that there are certain people who aren't really, who are black, but they aren't politically black or other people suggesting that certain people like John McWhorter aren't sufficiently black. Um, but I remember when Barack Obama wasn't sufficiently black. Um, so this kind of nonsense happens all the time and is actually only regarded as something sensationalist and horrible and terrible and evidence of white nationalism, um, in a, in a narrow particular subset of cases where it's a, a sentiment expressed by a white person. In my estimation, it's always kind of dumb and that's, that's at a minimum, but in general, like the thing that Tucker said beyond just this kind of invocation of, again, like just kind of boring identitarian stupidity, the statement itself actually seems 
in a in a tweet or a, not a tweet but a text message. I keep calling it a tweet because I read it on Twitter, but in a text message um, that you don't presume anyone will see. You describe some dark sentiments that you had while seeing a video, and then go on to explain that you know that this is bad for you and that you need to try your best to see someone else as a decent human being who other people love. Like, it's kind of an exoneration of the guy on some level. It at least suggests that there's something decent and honorable there, that he's trying to strive for something. And that doesn't suggest that there aren't things that Tucker does on his show that I find kind of repugnant and boring um, and not at all interesting. I've, I've been surprised sure. by some of the stuff that I've seen from him uh, recently. I don't remember. He was on a Daily Wire yeah. show. I saw a clip of him describing um, the the situation at, at working for one of these major media organizations and how, you know, they, you can't just say what you want to say. They're, they're going to try to clamp down on you. If you want to say something about Building seven and question why it fell to the ground. They won't let you say that on TV. If you want to talk about the JFK assassination, yeah, yeah, this is bad for business because it's fucking insane. Also, he did multiple shows many, on the JFK assassination. Many, many, as did you know, and Oliver Stone kind of made a huge movie about it. You know, people don't they're fine with talking about that stuff, but also like that, that madness was like, um, you know, they don't want you. And I said this in the, the thing that Matt and I recorded, I think Camille wasn't there. And uh, Jesse Single wrote about it today, and he, he sent me an email, and he said, do you mind if I borrow that from you and, and attribute it to the, the veification of Tucker? <laughs> and uh, where, you know, every they are doing this. And, and Jesse was like, well, no, it's actually not the veification of Tucker. It's like what he says. Well, that's exactly what mm-hmm. I meant, by the way. Um, if you look at what Jesse says, it's, it is actually what I meant. It's like the veification of Tucker's mm-hmm. arguments. Um, but yeah, on, the, on that point of that we have to either do it all mm-hmm. or nothing. I find the comment ugly. I don't, I think it's like, if it was a joke or she was trying to make mm-hmm. a joke, I would be a lot more forgiving of it. Um, but, you know, it's an ugly comment. But that said, we need to do a better job of eliminating that kind of stuff yes. from, from public yeah. discourse. And this is private discourse. In public discourse, as you say, Camille, people are quite willing to attribute uh, to white people uh, particularly mm-hmm. to white people, and that's relevant here because that's what yeah. Tucker is doing. Um, the other thing is by implication mm-hmm. that other people do it differently. This is not the way white people do it. The constant kind of invocation of whiteness mm-hmm. in the things that white people do in the way that white people yes. are um, when there's a lot of different white people and you can't tell somebody from you know uh, Kosovo mm-hmm that they are the same as a white person from Serbia. They will say, go fuck yourself. That's an alien. (laughs) You know, that's a monstrous Uh alien. So that stuff is always reductive and stupid, but we should expect that kind of, more of that kind of conversation um, now from both sides in for good or for ill. Yeah. One thing that this immediately struck to me that it was a a flash from the past that I'd forgotten about. Um, But we used to, say or hurt i actually probably i've never said this in my life but you would hear it said growing up the phrase uh that's mighty white of you <laughs> point of hand i don't know if you can uh if you got your headphones in uh, i'm curious whether the mass planet mass hole said that kind of shit but um that was a phrase that people used as late as the 80s and probably died of a very deserved death not long after um 
saying uh like if you were uh, magnanimous or you were sort of decent or whatever um and sometimes it was uh it's even done like sarcastically but oh that's mighty wide of you um which there's the you know kind of implication buried within it that uh <laughs> that the people who are white are, aren't going to be like that and it was like a it, it felt like a what is this this is this is this reminds me of a world that we no longer live in and that's strange but what i found probably more strange than any of that um, is the response to what is a paragraph of him um, trying to recognize the demons in his nature and transcend them. Um, and uh, it is really literally uh, f- five words that are almost contrary to that, which is what everybody wants to talk about. Um, and, also, and this is pursuant to uh, a question that Michael asked of Ben Smith when he was on, um, all these stories start with like the headline and the uh, first paragraph of like, you know, this is the private text that Fox said uh, that was too much. And that was just not got them very alarmed. That is so not believable. Yeah. It is so not believable. Tucker Carlson out there talking about gypsies <laughs> coming to your city. And you care about a private text apropos of nothing on January 7th, 2021. You don't fucking care about that. Um, Jack Schaefer had a piece, very speculative, but kind of it's a useful exercise to look at. And you and you and by yeah. you, I mean, uh, Camille uh, <laughs> would not agree with some of uh, uh, Schaefer's adjectives to describe Tucker Carlson, probably. But it's also like this explanation doesn't make any sense. You don't fire this guy because of that. Why are you making us? Why are we actually talking? Oh, it makes no sense. About no Tucker sense. Carlson, uh, you know, 10 days after the biggest uh, by dollar amount um, uh, defamation lawsuit settlement in American history. Doug Carlson doesn't have a, a lot to do with mm-hmm. that story. He uh, acted with a lot more journalistic integrity um, during the heat of battle on the controversial questions in in at issue than did Lou Dobbs, Maria Bartiromo, uh, you know, uh, Janine Puro, whatever her name is. Um, and uh, so he's not really part of that. It's as if um, he got fired and, you know, who knows what the reason is. My favorite one now is like it somehow Zelensky did it. That was being floated there. But there's like, <laughs> That's a good one, there's yeah. a thousand yeah. different explanations. Obviously, so obviously, so many of them are coming from Fox. Fox is just like seeding uh, the ground with these things. And what Fox is not, or what the journalists, I should say, are not doing, and they almost never do this, and we flagged it with a Ben Smith too, is saying, um, you know, eight sources told us from Fox. Mm-hmm. Okay, who are they and why are they being anonymous and what why are they yeah. telling you? No one ever characterizes that. Do you know? And no. and like it, Fox yeah. is trying to most likely um make everyone talk about Tucker Carlson right now uh, because they have found that to be useful although um they have a a real problem on their hands mm-hmm. right now that is much bigger actually than the audience problem that they had on their hands or they worry about having on their hands in the wake of uh you know Chris Steyerwalt and others calling Arizona for Donald Trump people are leaving Fox right now the Tucker's time slot has lost half of the audience half they are taking yeah. and and like their uh, younger demographic it's a wipeout uh so they actually do have a public relations problem on their hands. Um, I still presume that the larger explanation for Tucker 
being separated as a combination of him getting too big for his britches and independent. And then also there's this other lawsuit from his own producer, and that's going to be a problem, whether it's the actual lawsuit or it's the discovery process. Mm-hmm. But this, that, those five words in that text being the no. reason why they fired him, fuck no. Don't, no, it, it, don't it, even, the, don't the, even play. It's amazing that the New York Times is allowing itself to be played like this. They do understand that they're being played. They want the information. They're getting the information clearly from people from within that building. But there's a, a, a thing that journalists, uh, non-journalists don't think about very much, and it's one that you have to contend with, is that when somebody says eight sources, that's always my favorite thing, and, you know, because you, they're unnamed sources, they're anonymous sources, and you're never going to know. So there's no way to establish whether this is, uh, you know, a reasonable uh, conclusion based on the information from these supposedly reasonable sources. What happens is one person says something within an organization, and then they tell it to seven people. <laughs> Those are not eight sources. That's one person repeating something that one guy said eight times. And that happens all the time, all the time. We have multiples of two sources, three sources. It's like, yeah, these are uh, some guy told me what happened. He's a, he's in a different department, and now I know. And I'm working at Fox, so I am a source at Fox, and I am saying the same thing that the previous guy said. But it's the he's the one who told me. I cannot confirm that independently, and that is a weird thing. Now, you know, look at the way you establish this stuff. How you know you've gotten shit for so long for putting Tucker Carlson on the air, making a ton of money off of him. And having him the top show on cable news. You can, at that point, blame the American people for wanting to listen to this stuff and not necessarily yourself. When you get rid of Tucker and before you have this suit that's coming up from one of Tucker's employees, isn't it great to spin it that you fired him because he was a racist? Look at how good, we're, we're good people. We are good people trying to do the right thing. And we fired him because in just in the discovery process, this one thing. And again, we have to. We have a lot of lawyers listen to the show. You you guys all have to send lots of messages. I understand the rudiments of it, but you know the fact that discovery process in this uh, suit uh, means that you get everything out there in all of your private communications about things that have nothing to do with Dominion or getting leaked. That's crazy. I mean, that's kind of crazy. Is, does anyone worry about this? That that is this is so far from what uh, you know. In, if Dominion is maybe it's people at Dominion. That no, no, no. It is absolutely the thing. Is this would have stayed redacted? I know it's Fox. Fox yeah. chose to leak this. But wasn't there of some of the stuff that was redacted was unredacted? Um, it was redacted initially. News organizations are trying their damnedest, mm-hmm. of course. They're rubbing their hands no, together. But, but, yeah. but I thought Dominion got some things unredacted in the process of this, um, challenged some of this stuff, and we don't know, it, um, and they have all this stuff that they right. have no use for now because it didn't go to trial. So I don't, I don't, I don't know. We're gonna, we can pivot away. You know, we can, you know what we can talk about now? I want, this is something I want yeah. to talk about. I want to talk about something someone Tucker would hate. Because oh. he's black, uh, Trevor <laughs> Noah. <laughs> Is he really black? And, and we were ta- we were talking about the writer's strike before, uh-huh. and then we were talking about um, uh, Tucker Carlson and the and the um, the collapse of ratings from uh, you know Tucker's show, uh, Tucker show leaving. And I sent you guys something today, which I thought was was pretty pretty interesting is uh i pointed this out i think i pointed this out to you guys that trevor noah who is um a joke thief um you can find those <laughs> jokes online you can see the comparisons on youtube 
And he's also unfunny. And people who steal jokes tend to be unfunny because they're not funny enough to think of their own. Um, I, I don't think that like the most hilarious comedians, I don't think like Louis CK is like, I think I'm, I don't think I got anything. I got to find somebody else on YouTube and rip off their stuff. Trevor Noah, um, he, he just sold his house in Bel Air for $27 million. Mm. $27 million. Mm. And an apartment in New York for $13 million, right? So now we're up at $40 million in property. Dude, we're um, right? 40 mil. $40 million on property, right? And then in well, the register- just, Those are just the ones he sold. Those are the ones he sold. <laughs> he's um, probably got a couple got of things. Yeah, I mean, he's got to live somewhere. Yeah, he's done well. And I just wanted to point this out, because I didn't point this out when we were talking about the writer strike, and it's, um, it was relevant. Uh, this is from, uh, I think, Hollywood Reporter, I think, today. In Stewart's, that is John Stewart's, final 2015 season. 15s. Final season. So eight final eight season. years ago. Yeah, yeah, eight years ago. Final season. The Daily Show drew 1.3 million total viewers per episode. Over the past 12 months, Noah averaged 370,000 viewers, Ugh. nearly 1 million fewer, or a 72% decline. That's not a decline. The show, That's a collapse. The show is, yeah. Watch, I watch, whiteness, watch whiteness work. Yeah. The show is down 81% <laughs> in ratings, 81% in ratings in the key demographic of adults 18 to 49. Mm. Um, I thought that was rather interesting. And by the way, Noah is back and is going to be back. It was announced yesterday that Mock the Week, the British show, um, will be remade for Amazon with Noah as the host. Now, the thing about this is that also in that piece, I think I sent it to you guys too, is Craig Kilborn. Um, they interviewed Craig Kilborn, the original host of, uh, of, uh, The Daily Show, a noted Morrissey fan. And uh, I think he was in Sports Center for a while too. But Craig Kilborn was like, you know what? I can't watch these late night hosts anymore. It's too political. They've gone off the deep end of just with politics. And none of these fucking things have many viewers. They just don't. They just, if you look at the numbers, there's not a lot of them. Yet the New York Times every day has a roundup of what they said oh, no. about politics. It's on the homepage. You can see it every day. Um, sometimes it's not, it's in the interior pages, but it's, uh, the guardian does it too. It's like, you know, what did, uh, Stephen Colbert talk about last night? Uh, and you know, uh, mm -hmm. he said Biden's, I mean, he just talked about Trump despite the fact that he's <laughs> the president, it's just like Trump on reruns. But I just thought that was hilarious that, that this guy who's utterly talentless, um, has come to a country in which he can make his fortune by being unfunny. And, uh, then just talking about everyone is, uh, horrible to him and, and wants him to fail because... Uh, he's uh, South African, I guess, is the reason. Late why. fucking <laughs> capitalism for the win. We win again. <laughs> How late is late? What is the scale of late capitalism? Jesus. I can find that 100 years ago, people talking about late capitalism. Well, How long of a time is late capitalism? I think it'll be over when all the regional banks collapse. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. <laughs> that's, that's about what it's done. Once Chase, once Chase is the only bank in America... That's when late capitalism. Wait, does, does it mean that capitalism is incredibly robust when the second largest bank failure in American history happened last week and no one knows? No one notices. No one really cares. Uh, they they tried a little bit. I always watch uh, uh, CNBC uh, at the noon if I can. Um, and so they tried to, to muster a little bit of caring about it because it's a bank collapse and it's CNBC. And no, I mean, but it's also that because there's the expectation of a federal government backstop always. Um, and, yes. and so 
and even over the limit too, as we saw with Silicon Valley Bank, you know, over the two hundred thousand dollar limit, they're making those people quote unquote whole. So I this, mean, talk about a moral hazard. This is why uh, Bobby Kennedy Jr. is getting twenty percent. He says we're socializing yeah. capitalism, and he's right about that, isn't he? Um, no, it's a, it's, uh, but you're right. It's it it is a. Uh, there is a robustness uh, to the system and, you know, maybe there's going to be a, a big bank collapse and maybe Balaji is going to make a new bet. <laughs> be be- better bet this yeah, time he around. Did, he did have to pay out. He did have to pay out. Apparently. <laughs> I mean, that was so obvious. He was going to have to pay out. What is wrong with him? Well, like, we, I, he he was public. He was just publicizing his views. That's fine. He's got money. Yeah. It, late, and putting late, his money where his mouth Late was, capitalism yeah. provided him enough money to, uh, <laughs> to use a bet as a publicity material. He's doing us all a favor. Thank yeah. you, Balaji. I mean, Balaji. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. I pronounced his name wrong. Can Can I say, um, Craig Kilborn, who I, I remember Craig Kilborn being pretty funny on The Daily Show. It was a very different show than the one that uh, Jon Stewart would go on to do in many respects. But I do remember the five questions thing that he would do at the end of the interviews mm-hmm. with oh, the celebrities. Yeah. It was always good. Uh, that thing with the guy having his head explode. Um, we should get him on the podcast at some point. He, I would love to talk to Craig Kilborn. He's an absolute music nut. I, I must have been his successor show around the turn of the millennium, but he had my pals on from Czar on, and he was just like totally into it. Um, so like just was ripping <laughs> like glam punk, and he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was taped in Hollywood and stuff. So there should be more, generally speaking, and I speak for Moynihan and probably Camille, there should be more um, late night talk shows set in Los Angeles, California, in Hollywood, California. I just don't think we have enough yeah. late night talk shows. I mean, I think we need more because we only have, um, well, I guess James Corden is gone. Yeah, he's been euthanized now. One uh, one of the most hideous humans, according to all accounts, and somebody who I just find uh, insufferable and unfunny and I don't think was very successful in England. But um, I, it's, you know, it's like those people that, that go to uh, go to Japan to become famous. <laughs> so there's a guy I remember. There's a guy who's an exchange student in Korea, British guy, just like really ordinary kind of looking guy, little chubby from the Midlands somewhere, and um, went there as a as an exchange student, learned Korean perfectly, spoke perfect Korean, and uh, then became really really famous. Oh, uh, just because he spoke Korean, and they would have him on TV all the time. It's fine, and he's like like this mega star, David Hasselhoff uh, was, of Korea. Yeah, he was. Well, David Hasselhoff at least had a, had a career. On television, this guy is just like an, an average guy that they just made him famous, and I think it's amazing. So, anyway, that's an entire uh, great category of uh, of expats, and it doesn't have to be from America, but like who just go native somewhere and it strikes. Um, we talked mm-hmm. before about uh, Dean Reed, uh, the Elvis of Russia, mm-hmm. um, but like this happens all over the place, and it's hilarious, and they have very very weird lives. Those people. Yes. 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 Mm- Moynihan, did you actually watch uh, Roy Woods' set uh, from the Correspondence Dinner? I watched a second of it. Um, I know he's funny, um, and I've seen him before, be, yes. and I thought he was funny at times. And I know he was on um, on our friend Andrew Schultz's uh, show today. I think today. Oh yeah, I saw, yeah, I saw a clip of it on on Andrew's Instagram, and um, and you know, I, and by the way, they were doing a Norm. They were doing. They took it from Norm Macdonald. They're doing Norm's thing where they write jokes and have the guests read oh, them. Oh, good. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And they're always like really offensive. Um, <laughs> they're doing that with with him. But I didn't watch the set. I don't. I don't have the hatred that so many people um, 
pretend to have for the White House Correspondents' Dinner. I hate mm-hmm. when people call it nerd prom. It's like, you're not nerds. You're just fucking annoying. Like, you're, not, <laughs> n- like, n- you're not even interesting. Like, like, I had this conversation with somebody when I was in LA. Like, like everybody pretends they're a nor- nerd, but nobody pretends they're a dork. It's like dorks are just like, it's like, there's nothing good about us. There's nothing redeeming about a dork. It's like, I'm a nerd. It's like, yeah, you're trying to tell me that you're smart. Yeah. Um, but uh, nerd prom, it's like, yeah, I don't want to see fucking Matt Iglesias in a tuxedo. I'm sorry. But um, <laughs> so, don't pick on Matt. Yeah, yeah, it's cut, it's cut away to the crowd, and it's like so the guy that was on Airwolf sitting, <laughs> sitting next to Ezra Klein, and I'm like, yeah, this sounds like a fucking fun night. Good lord, I have been a couple times, but um, have you? I never sat down at the actual at an actual table, although I was invited. I I just went to the um, pre and post parties mm-hmm. um, one time. It's, it makes me <laughs> yawn thinking about it. That's how bad it is. Jeez. Like I fall asleep thinking apparently, about it. Apparently did not close at those parties. So uh, well, sorry for you. The, the one little, that little I remember was, uh, was uh, Richard. <laughs> as if, as <laughs> if that's I'm an just, I'm adding. I, I don't know why you think, think that's a rule. Um, <laughs> yeah, I had a different priest do. When, when the priest does it in uh, Swedish, you're like, I don't know what it means. I think it means I can do whatever I want. <laughs> you know. <laughs> you know. Yeah, I was like, huh? I was just looking at him like, again? I don't know. <laughs> to love, Listen honor, to- and you know yeah. the thing. Yeah. You know the thing. Yeah. Fuck, bitches? <laughs> what? Is that what it means? Is that what <laughs> He's a huh. Bishop Bishop Magic Don Juan. Yeah, the yeah, ceremony. yeah, yeah. You are gonna go and have the bitch. I'm like, no, no, I am not. Drink from this chalice. Yeah, yes. drink from this chalice at the Players' Ball. <laughs> <laughs> Chicago's fun. Oh my god! Um, uh, can I, say, I didn't. I, the yeah. one thing, I, the one story I have at the uh, Correspondence Center yeah. is when uh, Richard Belzer oh, was uh, trying to convince me that 9/11 was an inside jump. Well, of course. Richard yeah. Belzer is now dead. I by mean, the way. Well, but who they killed, killed him? him. They the did. In the, in, in the spirit of how Richard <laughs> Belzer would interact, who killed Richard Belzer? <laughs> um, Tucker Carlson. The, I will say, I, I also didn't really watch. I did watch the like highlights of it, so I can't say much. I, what I did see in the highlights, though, was what I actually have contempt for in these correspondence dinners. There's this thing where it's like, oh, we're laughing at ourselves. Um, yeah. And what's actually happening is they're just ridiculing things that are actually scandalous and bad. <laughs> like, and they laugh about it, but no one ever actually goes about addressing it in a serious and sober way. So Joe Biden gets to joke about the fact that he doesn't actually answer questions in press conferences and just kind of walks away and doesn't really hold press conferences in many instances, has an expectation that you'll just hurl questions at him from the back of the mm-hmm. room. And this is supposed to be serious um, presidenting. And he jokes about this, and everyone laughs. The end. Um, And Roy Wood, one of the jokes was, yeah, you are a journalist, and you covered the the Trump documents disappearing from the White House, and you did a really good job. And then when Joe Biden's documents disappeared from the White House, you started talking about weather balloons and shit. (laughs) (laughs) Which, this is a good joke. And they all laughed. Yeah. And they nodded and clapped. Yeah, yeah that's and us. That's, that's us. the end. We do that. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. wait, wait a minute. We're going to do that tomorrow, too. Wait, right? wait no, yeah. that's actually true. Like, yeah. that is true. That is yeah. how you conduct business. And it's kind yeah, of what? fucked up. And it's not actually funny. 
And I don't uh, think it's I don't think it's funny. Uh, Hunt, so, he's got the documents. So I don't think it's the I don't think it's the the <laughs> what did how did Wes Lowry describe it in the in the uh headline or whoever wrote the headline describe it as uh Roy Wood oh how Roy Wood Jr. crushed the toughest room in comedy. The this not is the, literally not the toughest room. Not, it's like, not the toughest dude, room in comedy. Come on. <laughs> you don't know about <laughs> are you fucking kidding me <laughs> the toughest room in con I, I mean oh my god i mean it's a hard as, it's I, a hard assignment that is true um and most people do it poorly because it's a difficult assignment but it's not the hardest room well, that's it's different. Di- but it's a bad assignment it's a tough assignment only because you have to write only political jokes and a very narrow set of subjects. Like you can't go off of that. You can't do your airplane bits or whatever. But other than that, these are people that are there that are desperate to be like, I find myself the, uh, as the object of ridicule. This, I- I'm supposed to do this. It shows I'm a good sport. You know, like it, it, the presidents have to do that too, even when they're being, Norm MacDonald did one, by the way, correspondence there for Bill Clinton. 97 holy shit yeah yeah it's funny it's funny it's funny it's funny yeah but it's it's was it bush that chose rich little uh i think so So and he might have it was like the most he might have done that after uh colbert actually did the good one that was sort of like a performance art one um and had like Helen Thomas in some in some uh, movie that was really kind of weird and bizarre. Um, that was that was an, the only one of those that I, I care about. I always look at these as great opportunities, and I'm sure people do the same thing when who you know don't follow sports or don't follow something that people like the Super Bowl or something. Um, they're like great. So all the people over there, you know, half of whom I don't necessarily like, they're all going to be obsessed with this. So I get to like either work on something or go. And, uh, you know, wash my cat or do something that's valuable in my life and not, uh, not paying attention to that crap. I don't, I'm, my indifference, um, is massive. Richard yeah, Pryor did the White House Correspondence Dinner in the night, in 1968. Oh, in 68. What the f- That's what it says. Oh my God. Are you I'm serious? Looking, I'm looking at a list on Wikipedia. Maybe this is fake. That's <laughs> some chatbot shit. Richard Pryor was not. <laughs> A-list, 68, Moynihan, was he? Yeah, he was doing, I mean, he'd done a bunch of, um, you can see him in like in black and white in the in the the thin suit on like the Jack Parr show or like whatever. Like singing? I mean, he did, yeah, no, he did like a bunch of stand-up and like it was very clean. It was very kind of clean and observational. It was like his little Seinfeld moment. Uh, but before he starts doing coke and, uh, I mean, the 70s are obviously his moment um, when, um he did the amazing. I mean, I, the best is '76 when he, he releases uh, uh, bicentennial uh, personal yeah, that's <laughs> record. <laughs> yeah, record. Bicent- bicentennial POC. Uh, uh, look it up. You might not find it, but yeah. it's called bicentennial POC. Uh-huh. Yeah. Bi- yeah, bicentennial BIPOC. <laughs> <laughs> it's not the name of the record. You see, you see what I'm doing yeah. there. Not the name of the it's record. Not. Um, yeah, so anyway, the correspondence dinner was I didn't pay t- much attention to, but when I said uh uh you know there um that here's some stuff we should uh, maybe think about tonight. Matt, you did respond with something that I thought I was told was a f- bit of fake news Uh-oh. when it came up before, which was the uh, gas stove ban in New York City, which I lit- that we remember that came up 
and everyone's going crazy and all these like right wingers were going crazy and it was like oh that's a fake story yeah it's not it's not new york city it's new york state so <laughs> new york state sorry. no no that's the thing like yeah. it was the original uh, coverage i think was talking about new york city it, it's a it's stupid classic progression of you know um conservatives pounce on a couple of democratic uh, politicians and or environmentalist activists saying, yeah, we're going to have to ban gas stoves. And then all the fact checkers come out like, oh, oh, we're not banning gas stoves. That's a meme on Facebook. It's disinformation. And uh, yesterday or today, I forget what, which um, the governor of New York signed and then like absolutely defending a, um, a, a ban on gas stoves in all new buildings that are built in New York. Um, like this is a state and a city that just is never, ever, ever going to let go of prohibition. They're going to do prohibition one way or the other of every single thing, substance, and human activity in fucking New York, in the place where like people have been getting crazy since 1609. They are going to somehow <laughs> still find ways to prohibit shit. They prohibited pinball machines until 1976. Lord knows they tried to prohibit uh, alcohol, although thankfully the undoing of that was also a New York story. Um, vaping, Lucy's, uh, I think the uh, they jacked up the uh, price of cigarettes another dollar, Moynihan. So it's now I think nineteen dollars a pack in in New York. Uh, I think they're. I don't know if they banned menthol as part of this. That was their plan going into this budget. Yeah, that was the, yeah. Um, so yeah. Uh, hopefully, I think Australia was. Uh, I just saw. Um was banning vape recreational vaping. I, I have to. I have to look this up. But um, it's just like uh, it's so classic of an idea of yeah Australia to ban recreational vaping as opposed to like <laughs> professional vaping. Um, Australia to ban recreational vaping and major public health move. It's like did they ban cigarettes? It's easier to get cigarettes so. now. Like you've just boosted uh, cigarettes. Congratulations! Oh, yeah, sure. More people will for die. Sure. You win. Yeah, I yeah I buy yeah and, and and but there has been a thing with vaping, and I've seen the Daily Mail is one of the one of the worst offenders here of all these really bad studies that don't say what the headline says that they say. Um, and it's always like, it's they're worse for you than cigarettes. That is literally the craziest thing you could possibly say. And it's common. It's a common idea now amongst people that vaping is worse for you than cigarettes. That is lunacy. That is like absolute like witchcraft. It is the craziest fucking thing in the world but, you know, this war is being waged on vaping. Fine. Okay, you're doing this. It's fine. I, I, it's not fine. It's terrible. I just go to the reservation if I have to um, and get my stuff there. Do but, they sell um, Adderall yet know, at the reservation? <laughs> maybe well, that, by the way, even again, because when you can't find that, um, I found a place mad. that, that um, had that and um, that uh, the insurance company refused to fill it because, you want to hear why? This, by the way, is never fucking ends. And they said to me, the, 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 the insurance company said, just have it transferred to a CVS because it can be filled there. And I was like, number one, they don't have it. Number two, you cannot transfer or get a refill on a controlled substance. You cannot get a refill. You have to go 12 times a year to the doctor. And now they're going to ban um, um, uh, have, doing it over, over email or, or um, video chat. So you actually have to go in and pay a copay, which is an incredible boon to doctors 
um, that make, you know, $500, $600 for a visit just to go in and have somebody scribble something on a paper, which they can't do either. They have to have them electronically delivered so people don't fake them, right? So the, fen the, the, the kind of Oxycontin crisis, if this is what the result is, this is what they do is they make the life difficult for everybody. It reminds me of that old uh, onion headline of uh, the, the, like from like 20 years ago is like uh, about the kid choking on the toys, like stupid kid ruins <laughs> the fun for the rest of us. That's kind of how you feel about this stuff is that the unbelievable stupidity of people, you know, chewing Oxycontin. Um, sorry, it's just not a smart thing to do. Isn't made the life difficult for everybody else. But anyway, this, I couldn't get it filled because the pharmacy was not approved because a small pharmacy, small local pharmacy wasn't approved by the major PBM, the pharmacy benefit manager, because they have to be approved because of the type of drug. It's like unbelievable. Everything that you do is insanely difficult. And if, and I'll tell you the truth, if there was the possibility of buying it on the black market for double the price, I would do it tomorrow. I would do it tomorrow. I'd give my money to a drug dealer tomorrow because the state has made it so fucking difficult. It's unreal. So, yeah. If we don't get emails and DMs from that statement, what are we fucking send them, send What are we even doing care. here? I'll go to fucking jail. I don't care. But again, like, honestly, uh, uh, this, again. Is a, this is a hill I'll die on. Yeah. Yeah. I, I have seen the mountaintop. This is, I am the Martin Luther King of this shit. I will, I, this is a letter from a Birmingham jail because I had bootleg Adderall. That's the fucking, it's made in somebody's basement. I think they just call that, they just call that. Call that like a sweet talk. That's all. It's just, yeah, it's no, it's, yeah, whatever. It's fine. You know, call it whatever you want. Yeah. That's, that's, a, that's a hate term. That's to stigmatize people. That's why that exists. Uh, there was a story in the Wall Street Journal that covered the other day, um, the weekend paper about how um, in Colorado and California, illegal marijuana, out, the sales of illegal marijuana are outpacing legal by like two yeah. to one because, because of taxes and regulations. Mm. So like there's no, uh, the taxes are so high, the regulatory regime is so difficult that it's just easier just to buy it from your old fashioned dealer. Mm. A lot cheaper too. Yeah. Well, my my situation is a little better uh -huh. than yours. Imagine that. And I'm sorry. Sorry, that's happening Ooh. to you. Very sorry. But it, but wow. when I when I see you, He's when I see so you, sorry. I'm not saying I'll bring you something, but I might bring you something. But not not illegal drugs. Okay. I'll give you I some of my. Distribute those because that would be a, a wrong. But I I do. I mean, I've no. green tea. It is actually really stimulating and can help yeah. you focus. So I'll bring you, I'll bring you yes. a canister of green tea. Thank you. And if there happens to be crushed up Adderall in it as well, I love it. Also delicious. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and effective. Yeah, by the way, Alvin, Bra Alvin Bragg would probably throw you in the tombs for three years for that. But if you stabbed him in the face while you were giving it, like, well, I think it's the other, it's the other way around. I could fine, probably choke you out on the train, and it would be fine. <laughs> It'd be fine. Yeah, it's yeah. a service. Just be like, I had a hard childhood. My childhood was really rough. So I killed a bunch of people. <laughs> oh, God. It sucks. It's a very strange, right. strange world. It's best of all possible worlds. Yeah. <laughs> Do you. This reminded me of Kyle Dunnigan uh, oh, no. doing, doing uh, Sylvester Stallone when he reads his diary. And he adds, it's a crazy world. <laughs> oh, man. He's man in America. Uh, yo, yeah. do a yo. yo. <laughs> give, give me some yo's. <laughs> Credit to Frank Stallone uh, for actually coming on the show. It's amazing. Uh, when Kyle was doing uh, um, <laughs> his brother. Unbelievable. So funny.
So perfect. Uh, Camille, is there anything that you would like to tell our listeners as we get up to our one-year anniversary on Substack, which is on Friday? It's May the 5th. It's the one-year anniversary on Substack, uh, after which it's we begin year two. Um, is there any any message you want to give I the mean, kids out there? prices could always go up. Michael you and should, I were talking you should about. sign up and pay for a full year in advance. And don't you dare call your credit card company and tell them some bullshit about, oh, I didn't charge that afterwards, because you're not getting your money back. We, we have we have ways. We have people come after you. Huh. So go sign up for the Substack, stack dot com <laughs> hey, y'all a bunch of scammers i know about you i know about you <laughs> no, it's, a thing. it's a thing some some, some people thing. have pulled that scam although we maybe thing. shouldn't shouldn't include that in the podcast yeah. we don't want to create bad incentives um but uh i mean if you do that yeah, it'll be, probably it'll be yeah. bad i know people who practice ubia and they will do things witchcraft to stop you um yeah, yeah. but uh yeah, yeah no sign up it's great it's it's wonderful don't you want to be a part of something haven't you ever wanted to be a part of something? Don't you want to achieve something? <laughs> and if you if you continue to pay and you pay for three, yeah, yeah. you should write a book if about you pay, sales. Cool. If you pay, <laughs> if you pay for three years, we will give you the secret documents that tell you all about Zenu and his plan yeah. for the future. And the seven forty seven is filled with souls yeah. that they dump into volcanoes and shit. We have the secret documents. We will give you photocopies, yeah. Xerox. It's amazing. Exactly. You sign up for five years, I'll give you a hundred <laughs> Biden's right. prostitutes laptop. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Got it. Yeah. If you do she a full decade, Moynihan will totally come <laughs> to your house and give you a hand job. That's a, that's oh, a thing. Yeah. No, he'll do it. Well, he will do it. Hand, I, <laughs> he'll do it. What? That is not hand. prostitution. Wait it's, a, a it's a gift. I don't know if I. That's what it is. <laughs> yeah. And all of you, by the way, if you are yeah. sending, if you are signing up. <laughs> And if you're sending us emails, this is just a, a, if you want to get your email at the top of the pack, there's a lot of emails. We don't get to all of them. Um, do send a photo. Uh, so it does help us choose which is the most coherent, intelligent email. Um, just, and I'm talking, we don't discriminate, but it's less important if you're a man. And I know we don't see gender. Um, and look, y'all can play in the NBA if you want, if, as girls. We don't care. We don't care. Because you're actually <laughs> not going to make it. Yeah. <laughs> but if a man, you know what? We don't allow you to play in the WNBA. <laughs> anyway, know. I'm getting off track here. Oh, no. Um, send pictures. <laughs> yeah, I, don't, I, I don't know. I just had a stroke. Wow. Moynihan, it's, it's crazy Adderall. that you managed to be like one of the last people on real time before they went dark. Did you didn't That's you, true. Did you know that, yeah. was com- that was coming? Yeah. You didn't have any idea? Yeah. I figured it was coming. Michael and uh, yeah, they, have yeah. big, and they have a big writing Elon, team. Uh, Elon. Uh. Um, yeah, it's, <laughs> you know, uh, that's, uh, yeah, it's like free speech is what, um, oh, that's totally cool. Okay. Um, yeah, he's, that's, oh my he's a God. real chat bot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he is a chat bot. He's a chip. He is AGI. Um, he invented yeah. some stuff while we were talking. Yeah. Um, okay. So well, we'll wrap anyway. up. All right. All right. Okay. Bye. We'll wrap it up. Bye. Uh, we, we, we know of new methods of attack. The Trojan Horse.